It's time now for 15 Minutes of Faith, practical application of God's timeless truth for today, with your host, me, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan. So let's get started with 15 Minutes of Faith. mean to tell me that not only can I have a ministry, but it can also be at work? That's right. Thank you so much for joining us again today. This is Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church, and this is 15 Minutes of Faith, and I'm glad you're joining us today, and I hope you'll stick around for the next coming weeks as we look at exactly that, ministry at work. And we're going to look at it from the truth of God's Word from a very interesting person in the Bible, and one that you might not necessarily think of at first because of some other reasons that you might think of this person, but we're going to be in the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, a lot of times when people see Daniel, they think about certain particular stories such as Daniel in the lion's den, which we'll take a look at eventually, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the fiery furnace, and we'll look at that too. And a lot of times people look at the book of Daniel and they think, oh good, he's going to talk about the prophecies and the visions and all those types of things that lead us into the book of Revelation. And there's stuff that's applicable there too, but we're going to look at Daniel as an individual because sometimes we need to look at ourselves as individuals and just how Daniel carried himself and there's application that can be made to our own lives in regards to how we carry ourselves particularly in the workplace. Yes, I'm talking about those that are working individuals. Now, if you do not have a job or if you're retired, uh, this is still for you too because you will be in other places as well where God sends you. He sends you into the world. He sends you into the marketplace. He sends you all over. And no matter where you go, you have an opportunity to let your light shine before men. You have an opportunity to have a good influence on people. But we're going to look at it through the eyes of the working individual, through the working man, and uh, what that means and what it looks like as we go to work as Christians. And sometimes that can be a little bit tricky, uh, where we are people of faith, people of the Word, people of the Bible, and we go to work each and every day, and maybe we have opportunities to work with people that perhaps aren't people of faith, and maybe there's opportunities for us to let our light shine. So we're going to dive right into it here in the book of Daniel, chapter 1. Now, this is going to be a series of uh, programs here called Ministry at Work. And I'm also working on a book of the same name, so these lessons are what we're going to go through, go along the lines with that. And if that's something you're interested in, let me know uh, that you'd say, I would like a copy of the book Ministry at Work, and I'll work on getting that to you. It might take a little bit, but if that's something you'd be interested in, you can either Get a hold of us at Harvest Baptist Church, and we're at 710 Salzburg Avenue in Bay City, Michigan, or you can give us an email at harvestbaptistbc at yahoo.com, harvestbaptistbc at yahoo.com. What that means is Harvest Baptist Bay City. If you don't want to send an email, you can just go on Facebook or YouTube and just uh, look up Harvest Baptist Bay City and say, hey, I want a copy of Ministry at Work. And this will go along with the lessons that we're going to get into, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have a really good time, and I pray that it would be something that you would apply to your life, 
and that you would grow from it, and that God would give you opportunities to glorify him in the workplace. So let's dive right into it, starting in the book of Daniel, chapter number one. We'll get a little bit of background here, is where it says, in Daniel chapter one, verse one, it says, in the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. Down times for the people of Jerusalem. Uh, what had happened is they had turned away from the Lord their God. God had give them, given them multiple opportunities to repent. What they had done was they had gotten away from God. They had turned themselves unto idols. Uh, they did not worship the one true God anymore, and God had sent prophets their way, uh, encouraging them to repent and turn unto the Lord. God had given them warnings, even from the times of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, what would happen if they did not listen to the voice of the Lord, if they did not follow his statutes and judgments. And they didn't. They would not listen. And even when the northern kingdom of Israel was carried away into Assyrian captivity, they still not see the warning of what was coming, and they did not turn back unto the Lord their God. So God's judgment was upon Jerusalem, and they sent King Nebuchadnezzar, as it says there in verse number 1, he besieged Jerusalem. Now what happened in Bible times when people overthrew different lands is they would come in and they would take people back to their homeland, to their home country, and they would train them and indoctrinate them and uh, actually make them become people of their society. And that's what we see here as we get into verse number two. It says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. So what he's saying there is he went into the land, he took everything from King Jehoiakim, took everything from Jerusalem and took it back home. And that's significant. We won't get into it today, but uh, Jerusalem's going to be under Babylonian rule for quite some time. And it starts with uh, Nebuchadnezzar taking those items and all right, I'll just tell you, they get them back, but not for a long time. But that's another story for another day. But right now we're looking at Daniel chapter 1, verse 3, where it says, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed out of the princes, children, and whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. What he says is, hey, look among you, find some smart kids, really in essence, uh, some smart young ones, smart young individuals that we can take and we can teach and we can indoctrinate, and then they can in turn teach. And he says, grab those and bring them and send them our way. And among them, as we can see in verse number five, it says, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, and so nourishing them uh, three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And we can see right there, that's really Daniel, and we would know them more as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know some people that actually refuse to call them by that name because that was their Babylonian name, but they would call them by the name given to them by God. And they don't use those other names. They would rather use Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But that's who those people are. And Daniel was amongst them. And we see that they would be brought into the land uh, to be shown the way of the Chaldeans, to be shown the Babylonian way. And they would be what they would consider treated well. 
by giving them the king's meat and offering the wine which he drank and nourishing them, what's it say, three years. And that at the end, they might stand before the king and, and say, all right, you've been trained. Are you ready to go forward? And Daniel was one of those chosen ones. And that's where we'll start, is sometimes when we look at ourselves as Christians, we find ourselves in an area that seems to be a foreign land. Think about that with Daniel. He was taken away from his homeland at a young age, and we know that because of what we read in verse number three, that they wanted young ones, younger individuals that they could influence, that they could change to follow their ways, young ones that perhaps uh, weren't as established in the ways of Jerusalem, but that could be influenced the other way and follow along with them. So here's Daniel, a young man, carried away. Uh, hundreds of miles away to a, a foreign land, a land where they don't even speak their language, a land that is wicked, a land that does not follow after the Lord their God. Now, I know Jerusalem wasn't either, but at least there was a familiarity with God in regards to that. And sometimes we know we will get that new job and we'll be in that work environment. And we think, you know what, this is nothing like, man, maybe it's nothing like church, obviously. A lot of jobs are not like church, but you're not surrounded by Christians. Uh, or perhaps you find yourself uh, in a workplace where they really have no desire for God and actually live kind of worldly and uh, live in a totally different kind of way than what you're familiar with. And you find yourself wondering, God, why did you send me here? And let me tell you that, I hope that that's what the case is, is that you've taken this job or pursued this job because it's you've prayed unto the Lord and you've asked him for it and God's given you wisdom and you followed along with that. And as you've done that, remember that place that you're in at one time uh, was a prayer request and perhaps is an answer to prayer. So don't look at the circumstance thinking, I don't know if I should be here. If you have that question, the words out of your mouth should be, God, tell me if I should be here and just follow his wisdom. But nonetheless, we see Daniel standing in an unfamiliar land. But we see something very interesting about Daniel. In verse number seven, it continues where it says, Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto the Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah of Shadrach, and unto Mishael of Meshach, and unto Azariah of Abednego. But we get a key verse in verse number 8. So here they are in their foreign land. Here they are knowing in three years they will stand before the king. Here they are knowing that they are going to be indoctrinated to turn away from the Lord their God and to bow down and serve the God of Nebuchadnezzar, if not Nebuchadnezzar himself. But then we see here in verse number 8, Daniel's uh, Daniel's stand is what he says. He says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now this is one of those situations where Daniel made a decision. Some use this as an opportunity to say Daniel took a stand. And he does, but he does it in a very godly way. He does it in a very meek manner. But first, before we talk about the stand that Daniel took, first, look what it says in verse number 8. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. This is a situation that goes back to the law of the Lord, that there were provisions of certain things that they could not eat, as given to them out of the book of Deuteronomy. It was they were a separated and separate people. And God had given commandment for them during that time uh, that they would abstain from eating certain meats. And by doing that, people would know that they were people of God. And Daniel was one that wanted to follow the Lord. So his stand was actually coming because he wanted the desire to follow the word of God. 
So it wasn't as though he was taken to this foreign land and saying, you know what, they're taking me over there, but I'm going to be difficult. I'm not going to give them an easy time. I'm going to be cantankerous. I'm going to throw a fit at everything, and I'm just going to be very hard to deal with. No, he's walking along. Remember, they walked as they went along that journey in their land, and he's he's going forward and thinking, you know what, I know what they do over there. I know what they're about. I know what they eat. I know what they partake in, and, and those things are contrary to the word of God, and I don't want to disobey my God. Here we are under judgment because our nation as a whole has turned away from God, but I cannot. So therefore, Lord, you know if they put that portion of the king's meat in front of me, I cannot eat it. And that's what it means to purpose in your heart, not to defile yourself, is that you make that decision, not based on the circumstance, but you make that decision based on the word of God. A life based on biblical principle takes away the difficulty of hard decisions. If you're simply following the word of God and you're simply following God's command, you'll see the scripture before you and you will run those decisions through the filter of scripture. And if the Bible's against it, so are you. And that was Daniel's case. He wasn't going there saying, ah, that's it. I'm throwing a fit. And what we're going to do is we're going to rise up and we're going to overthrow Nebuchadnezzar and and we're just going to be difficult and we're not going to listen and do any of these things. No. Now, on the other side, he didn't say this either. Well, you know, God wants us to obey authorities, and well, we might as well just take the portion of the king's meat and just hope for the best. No, he actually uh, talks about something that he's going to do with the prince of the eunuchs, and we'll get into that next week. Uh, But I hope I just wet your whistle a little bit this week and getting into being in an unfamiliar land. So our one thing that we're going to take away from this today is that wherever God has you at this moment is his will for your life. And what you need to do is seek him first, as we talked about previously. But get in the word of God and base your life on the principles of God's word. Trust in him, and as you see those things come before you and the decisions that must be made, run them through the filter of scripture. Purpose in your heart now to do what God would have you to do, and he will take care of the rest. And we'll look at what happens next week. If you want to go ahead and read ahead, I would encourage you to do that. Go ahead and read the entire book of Daniel if you want, but we'll look at next week as what he does is he does take a stand, but he does it in a meek and biblical way, and God blesses him for it, and it continues to improve and magnify his testimony of the Lord. But until then, uh, I would encourage you to stay in the word, Read through the book of Daniel, pray about God's provision for you, seek his face, and trust in him. Ask him for wisdom, and he will give it to you, and I pray that you would have the courage to act on it. But until next time, until I see you again, I would encourage you to stay faithful.